Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Uh, actually, it is edition number 105. As I turn my volume down up on screen, it's going to get really loud. But thank you so much for joining us. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. This is Gary. Hey, everybody. If you don't know who Gary is, Gary's joining us. He actually was the one preaching on Sunday as we were continuing through our parable story. So he's going to be kind of sharing with us today. We've got some questions that I'm excited to jump into. A little bit of a complicated text, right? Yeah. At least for me, yeah. I feel like it was a complicated text. It was text. complicated. Um, but I'm excited to jump into that discussion. So we'll get there in just a second. But before we do, I want to invite each and every single one of you that is listening or that you'll see somebody else, you can invite them as well, uh, to join us on Wednesday nights for COW. So COW stands for Connect on Wednesday. Every Wednesday night, except for the week of Thanksgiving, we are going to take that one week off. Um, and then there's a few in December, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, so we want to invite you to come out to Connect on Wednesday. At 5.30, from 5.30 to 6.30, we have a meal. This week, it's going to be meatball sandwiches, um, meatball sandwiches, corn, and I think chicken Caesar salad. So we're pretty excited. That, that should be a lot of fun there. Um, so we'd love for you to come out. And then at 6.30, there's classes that start. Now, we have classes for kids. We have classes for students. We have classes for adults. In fact, you're teaching a brand new class of starting this right, week, right. Spiritual Formation. Spiritual formation. Um, and there is a bunch of different things that you can kind of sign up to be a part of. You don't even have to sign up. You can just simply show up yeah. and be a part of it. This is really kind of the next step. If you maybe are new to the church, this is kind of what we say is the easy on-ramp for you to kind of be able to build relationships. So if you're kind of connecting, you're going, I'm not really sure if I'm what to do next. Show on up. You can be a part of the teaching. You can be a part of the meal. You can be a part of both. And we would love to have you there regardless. So if you're interested in doing that, we'd love to have you. I'd also quickly mention that on Saturday, on November 6th, is the Maker's Market. This is an event that's just kind of held behind the church. Um, if you want to go to that, you can check out clcfamily.church news for all the updates that are happening there. So if you want to be a part of that, it's an awesome opportunity. Uh, and then, yeah, let's see. I guess not, this week we'll be wrapping up our parables series right then we'll be jumping into a brand new series kind of um this is literally the title of the next series the next series is called parables kinda <laughs> so we're currently in the parables series but there's a few teachings that are kind of like parables but they're not really parables that we're going to be discussing before we jump into our christmas series so we hope that you'll join us for that that starts on uh, the 14th of November. So hopefully you'll be a part of that. If you are, you might not even notice. It'll, it'll go from parables to parables, kind of. You might not even pay much attention yeah. and, and notice it. So <laughs> we're excited for that. So I do want to say one last thing before we kind of do a review of if you are joining us online live, feel free to submit your questions. I am currently pulling up all of our different feeds. So if you are on our website platform, which is our streaming platform, you can jump in and say, hey, we can see that. I'll be able to ask any questions if you have any questions that you want to ask live. Um, if you're on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook, we've got all of them pulled up. So if you want to interact with us, go ahead and let us know any questions that you have. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I always enjoy that part of being able to do this. So yeah, that's pretty much all the announcement side of things. Do okay. you want to kind of give us a recap of what we were talking about as we looked at parables? I think it was week seven, right? Week yeah. seven of parables? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Week seven okay, of parables. Sure, so sure. give us a review. So um, one of the things I think that we have to ask, and, and this is a matter of interpretation, is we have to ask, you know, what is it that Scripture is really saying to us and how do we understand that? And I think, you know, this whole... Um, 
parable about the manager and the steward is pretty complicated yeah. because yeah. it's and and I tried to lay out three different ways you could interpret it, but at the same time, I think that whatever interpretation you land on is okay. I think you know that's the way Scripture works. I think Scripture, you know, when we read it and we interact with it, it speaks to us and maybe speaks to part of our life. And so mm. I thought one of the things, um, in fact, Ben was just talking about this, that, um, you know, maybe a good summary of this is that Luke 16, 9 says, mm. use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And when your resources are gone, um, they will welcome you into an eternal home. And so, you know, this isn't, um, this isn't Jesus's big moral teaching on um, money. But um, but at the same time, it does beg the question, um, what are we more loyal to? Are we more loyal to Jesus and our relationship with him, or are we more loyal to the things that we possess? And so that's where it sort of um, intersects with our lives. Yeah, and I'm pretty excited to talk about, there's two specific verses. One of them is verse nine there, um, and verse eight. For me, I feel like those were confusing, and I'll be honest, I just, we had a little bit of time from staff I, I was like looking up in a lexicon and trying to figure out what these two verses specifically meant. So I'm excited to jump into that. And even even in the office, just kind of sharing my thoughts. Yeah. Because um, Gary, Gary kind of gave me the answer, but I wasn't satisfied with the answer. Um, and then ultimately, as I looked it up, the answer gave me Gary gave me was, was correct. And I was like, that's how we got to that answer. Um, so I was excited for that. So I do want to jump in and kind of go uh, verse for verse in that. So um, let me pull up the Bible app. And LK, thanks for joining us. And Nancy, if you're there as well, thanks for being yeah. a part of that. We always love having you guys be a part of this. Um, I think everything's working fine because this seems to be having a little bit of issues, but we're going to keep going and assume that everything's good. Let me put a text into Christian and make sure that everything's working. Or LK, if you were watching live, um, let me know if you're having any, any issues because things aren't loading on my side. Um, but let's jump into this. So we're okay. going to look at the text. Uh, now you read from the NIV, is that correct? Oh, I was actually reading from the English Standard Version. From the time. English Standard, yeah. so yeah. ESV, okay. Yeah. Um, actually, the ESV is my preferred um, translation right, when, I'm, right. when I'm teaching as well. So I'm excited for that. So we're just pulling that up. And what we'll do is we'll go kind of verse for verse. Um, jump in with any questions that you have, as well as you guys online. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from those questions. Um, and we'll go from there. So Luke 16, starting in verse 1, it says this. It's the parable of the dishonest manager. And wait, before we even do that, <laughs> one of the things that you said on Sunday, which I thought was good, but I'm curious as to what made you say that. Yeah. You said that the heading is not the inspired text. Right. So as believers, we believe that God's word is inspired text, that right, he... Right inspired it he influenced it he helped kind of write it he was the actual author but there was different penmen over the course of 15 to 1600 years um but you made it a point to say that the heading is not the inspired yeah, yeah. i'm just curious as to why or what made you do that well i think part of it is because a lot of times the headings are not right yeah i mean like sometimes the headings are there they're there to help us sort of see what the next section of scripture would be but a lot of times they're not um you know, they're, they're definitely not the inspired part. And so sometimes they can be misleading as well. I mean, like, for example, when you get to the heading of the prodigal son, well, it's not also mentioning, you know, the older brother, but that yet the older brother's a part of that story. So, yeah, you know, right. sometimes it's just, it's a little, it's a way of 
helping us to know what the next section will be. Um, but again, it's not the inspired yeah. part. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was good. So I just figured that I would, I would pull that up there. So that's what the heading says. But again, heading is not necessarily the inspired right, text. Right. So here we go. Thank you, LK, for answering that question. There's no issues. For some reason, mine isn't working. Oh, it's because I hit pause. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Uh, All right, so jumping in, it says this. Um, so verse 1 of 16, it says, He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. Now, I think I want to pause here because I want to ask a, a question that I had. Now, in some of our other parables, what we've seen is that there is usually like a God or God-like figure. Mm -hmm. However, one of the things that I had seen, it said that there wasn't necessarily a God or a God-like figure in this one. Right. I'm just curious your take on that. Like, do we, should we automatically assume that, hey, this is a God-like figure? Should we not? How do we determine or figure that out? Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a great question. So the reality is that um, what we have to look at when we look at this, um, you know, at this parable is we have to look at, what is the message that God's actually trying to bring to us? And I think, again, that's where the interpretation becomes maybe really difficult. Um, I said already that, you know, a lot of people interpret it this different ways. And I think however you land with it, I, one of the things yeah. that I um, have enjoyed is um, doing Lectio Divina, which is sort of a kind of scripture reading, but you're actually at the same time you're reading, you're listening, and you're listening for what's the word or phrase that God will bring to you. Yeah. And so, um, so I think those are good spiritual disciplines for us to think about. But at the same time, um, you know, as we're going through this, um, you know, and, and actually it's interesting because when they talked about this um, disciple wasting possessions, yeah. you know, one of the things that it actually does refer back to is the prodigal son. Yeah, right. And that he squandered the stuff he had, right. you know. So, right. so I think, again, where we're going to land with this is that, um, that God is inviting us into a place where we have to be mindful of what we're serving. Yeah. Our, our, is our loyalty to God or is our loyalty more to the things we possess, um, the things that we own, yeah. uh, the money that we have in the bank, that kind of thing? Yeah. And so this specifically mentions the disciples. But what we've seen Jesus over the past few weeks is that there's kind of this, yeah. I, I don't know what to say other than this kind of continued campaign right. against the religious elite, right? Because they're, right. they're right. misleading right. God's right. people. Right. They're adding laws on top of laws. And so even in this, what we'll see, and maybe not so much in, in the, these first verses, it might be this coming week. I know that it's the Pharisees are mentioned specifically in verse right. 14, yes. which we didn't get to this past week. Like, so what we see is ultimately Jesus is teaching a lesson again to the Pharisees, but this time it's not just about how they treat people. It's almost how they treat people because of the way that yeah. they use their money, but it's specifically money, but it goes back to people yeah. and it goes back to everything kind of belonging yeah. to God. So, Well, and you have to understand that the Pharisees are the religious elite. Like, yeah. they, they are the ones who have most of the money. And so, yeah, right. so there, is a, there is a sort of undercurrent to this passage yeah. that, that is there. And one of the messages here, and this is where N.T. Wright sort of weighed in, and I, I found that helpful, you know, is that, you know, usually we would think about, you know, this as, um, you know, God's the one who stewards everything. But here, it's just a little bit different take yeah, on it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I thought that that was interesting in this in this one because I automatically go, okay, who am I in the parable? Right, who, right, is, right. who is God? But yeah. in this one, there's not necessarily like, this is a just a person, yeah. right? This is yeah. just a made up story. And this is just a random person who has things 
got yeah. a manager overseas. And right. so, right. That's right. So we'll continue on. So verse two says this, and he called him and said to him, what is this? I hear about you turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be my manager. Yeah. So basically this, this owner, this master goes, you're fired. You're right? fired. Like, yeah. You're out of here. <laughs> you haven't done well. Yeah. You, things aren't working. It's not me. It's you. Actually, in this case, it's you. It's not me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he lets them go. Um, and then that this is where kind of this is this is the plots and turns like we talked about in parables. There's usually something that draws you in. This is kind of the tension building in the story. If that's you right. That's right. So verse three continues on. It says, and the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. So he's faced with a conundrum. He's going, okay, yeah, that's right. this, this responsibility that I had is being taken away from me. And this is final. This, I'm a little bit confused. Maybe you can share any, like, so he's fired already or will be fired. Is it like a two-week notice that he still has responsibility? <laughs> in yeah, that? that's, I'm curious. I, well, I think, I think that that's part of the whole, you know, discussion is like, sure. because then, you know, then he reverts to actually cutting all the, yeah. you know, what's owed, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I think, you know, what's interesting, what I found interesting, too, is that, you know, he has this, um, he said to himself, I like yeah. that passage, you know, <laughs> and, and have you ever had that kind of internal conversation, you know, where you go, oh, my, what am I going to do now? And you're sort yeah. of talking to yourself, you know, yeah. so, so that's piece of what's going on here. And, but the reality is that he's facing a dilemma, like, yeah. and I think this is, again, what you said, Ben, like, so this is where the tension in the story is building, yeah, right? right? And so everybody who's watching this, and again, to sort of cut to the chase, I guess, um, you know, the one that I landed on is that, um, that I think that, that Jesus is actually pointing out that, um, that Israel has been squandering God's yeah, goods. Sure. But even more than that, that, um, that there is a sense in which, um, you know, what has been given to Israel needs to be used to give to the poor. Yeah, right. And they haven't been acting on that. So so I think this is Jesus sort of calling that out. Now, yeah. he's doing it in a little bit of a roundabout way, but right. that's what a parable is, right? right. A parable, and I, I've often thought about this, um, you know, one of the definitions for a parable is that it's a, you know, it's a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. Right. Um, I like to think of it more as an extended metaphor. And what I mean by that is that an extended metaphor is basically where there is a contrast being made, but yeah. it's a little bit more subtle. And so you have to actually dig to try to figure out what is being made as that contrast. Yeah. So I think that we'll, we'll get there, but I do feel like it's, it's, it's different. So we'll continue on. And I do want you to kind of share your thoughts and your opinions on the different like yeah. ways that you can interpret this. So right, right. jump in if I'm past that point. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll do that. Um, so verse five. Um, I, so for four finishes up saying, um, uh, I, or verse four, sorry, that was verse three. Verse four says, I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. Verse five. So summoning his master's debtors, debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, 100 measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Verse seven. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. And then we'll, we'll pause there. Uh, actually, let me read verse eight and then we'll pause because this is where a question yeah. it says the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. 
For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Yeah. So yeah, wow. maybe we'll, maybe let's, <laughs> let's pause on verse eight because yeah, there's a lot yeah, of, yeah. for me, there's question and even, even from Sunday of confusion of going, I don't fully understand. Like, this is not a good thing. The master just lost out yeah. on a ton of money. Right. 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 Like, right, right. There's, there's stuff that's owed to this master that, He's not not going to get, but yet yeah, he commends yeah. the dishonest. But maybe before we get to that, so basically, well, let, let me say too that see, part of it is that what's happening now in this parable is that what's being done can't be undone. Right. right. So there's a piece of that too that I think is really important. That you know, as this steward now is sort of slashing what's owed, um, that can't be that can't be taken up later. And also, it puts the um, the master in a in a bind because. He now has to complain if he doesn't like what's happening, which is not going to be very favorable for him either. So so it's an interesting sort of conundrum for them, I think. Yeah. I just reading the chat, um, uh, uh, Inring says that we are stewards, not owners. What we possess is not to be used. To, uh, what we possess is to be used to further God's purpose yeah. or per- further the master's purposes and goals. And yeah, I, I want to get to that. So thank you, LK, for sharing that. Yeah. Um, but as we look at this, so just kind of story-wide, looking at this parable. So this guy is faced with a difficult decision. He's going, okay, I'm going to be without a job. So what am I going to do? I'm going to actually do some business dealings that present me as favorable to my master's, the people that owe my master money. So that way, you had said this on Sunday, kind of the unspoken like they would be almost bound by honor to kind of respect and and kind of help this guy out because he's in a sense helping them out it's not with his funds and not with his things but he's helping them out so they're kind of honor bound eventually to help him so he lands on this decision to do this and then i guess we'll focus then on verse eight the master commends go ahead well let me say too that um so david bailey in his book about parables okay he's he's a great author um, and has done a lot of um, study in mid- Mideastern, you know, religion, things sure. like that. He talks about that this was a shame-based society. Sure, sure. And so I think that's another thing that's important to understand. I, there's a lot of shame in the prodigal asking for his inheritance early. Yeah. Um, in fact, enough that Bailey would say they should have kicked him out of the house, should have yeah. made him a public spectacle, you know, right. for everybody else. Um you want to make sure that everybody realizes that is not the way to act. Right, right. And so I think, again, you know, what we're seeing here is that this shame-based kind of thing um, is is coming to apply here as well, yeah. if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I've, I've got notifications popping up everywhere. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> let, so, verse 8, what I feel like so confused me yeah. is that the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Yeah. So I don't know. Is there more that you want to say there? I feel like in my, in me searching for an answer, I've got a few thoughts, but like, I don't know. Share what does that mean? Like why in the world would this master yeah. applaud this manager? Well, I think that, um, I think it goes back to what we were saying again. I'm, I'm going to read Luke 16, 9 again, that, you know, it's it, sort of the summary of this again is that you use your worldly resources hmm. to benefit others and make friends so that when your resources are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. And so, right. so I think there is that sort of underlying current going on in this at the yeah. same time. Um, and at the same time, you know, it's a really, 
I think sort of a funny um, sort of, you know, process that's going on here. I mean, you know, so he's um, commending the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Well, why? Because he couldn't really undo now what's sure. been done. Like, you know, you can't go back and say, oh, no, we're not going to do that. And um, and then, you know, verse 8, like you said, it says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. So where's the contrast there, right? Yeah. Like, how does that figure out? And and how do we understand that? And and I think, you know, again, um, you know, we have to ask the question, you know, are we more on the, the side of being the sons of this world or being, um, you know, the sons of light, you know, and, and what does that mean? Like, how yeah. do we um, how do we actually allow the light of Christ to shine through us? And, and I think, again, that's where Israel is missing the boat, because yeah. what they're not realizing is that they have been provided what they need so that they can actually reach out and help other people. But what's happening is, especially on the Pharisee side, is that they're sort of hoarding all that and just building their own stockpiles. And so I think yeah. that's what gets Jesus into talking about this and, and helping us to see, you know, what does it mean then to actually um, to be those who are letting the light shine through us yeah. so that others can see that light as well. Did you want to talk about the, the different views that you could take with this, yeah, um, sure. this, with this passage? Yeah, so there was, it was just interesting to note, and um, I'm not sure I have it um, here. Well, okay, so one of the things that the alternatives are this, that the steward, first of all, is cheating um, the master by reducing the debt, uh, or the steward was acting righteously by excluding the interest that had been figured. Um, but I also thought that um, one of the things that sort of hit me, um, and this is where I think it took the most punch, at least for me, is that... Um, one of the simplest solutions and the one that gives the parable the greatest punch is to take the first alternative, which is just this, that the steward is actually dishonest and he continues to squander the master's goods by arbitrarily slashing amounts owed by his debtors. And so, um, and again, this was sort of in conversation with N.T. Wright, you know, looking at, you know, how does all this work out? But I think, you know, if we, if we sort of minimize this, um, if we maximize it, then we realize that, you know, what, what you're looking for in a parable is the thing that's going to be the most contrast, yeah. you know, the thing that's going to really stand out. And so, again, that first alternative that, um, you know, the steward is actually dishonest, um, he's continuing to be dishonest even as he reduces the master's debts. Because, again, mm -hmm. this stuff doesn't belong to the steward. It belongs to the master. Yeah. And so that's a big piece in that. Sorry, guys, I am having all types of computer issues. So if I don't see your chat, um, I apologize for that. Literally, uh, I've got Facebook is the only one that's actually working the way that it should be, I think, right now. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. So so verse 8 is, as yeah, so he commends the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. I did look up that verse or that word shrewdness. Um, and what was the word that they replaced it for? It's basically um, a prudeness, right? Like So basically yeah. his dealings with... Um, with the people. So the manager is kind of applauding him in how he he works with them. Man, I've got pop-ups over here too. Uh -huh. I, I hope this is coming through. If not, I apologize. We are just having all types of issues today. Um, so he applauds them for that, but it's in his dealings. And again, I think it does come back to exactly what you're saying is understanding that 
what God is telling or what Jesus is kind of telling his disciples at this time, specifically that's who's mentioned in the beginning of this, is that this, the disciples should use verse 9. We'll, we'll read it right now. It says verse 9. They should use basically what they have to make an impact and to make <laughs> friends in essence. Verse 9 says this, and then we'll get to the question that uh, somebody had submitted as well. Verse 9 says, and I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. Yeah. And that is a very confusing verse yeah. because it sounds like <laughs> Jesus is going, hey, make friends by ungodly ways, right, like ungodly right, right, means right, right. with money and resources, so that when when it fails, they'll receive you in because you got money? Like, right, 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 right. It's kind of right. a big question that there. That is so, a big one, yeah. So I do want to go ahead and read this question. So um, the question says this from one of our listeners. Um, one verse in this parable puzzles me. Luke 69 says, and I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and the Pharisees are listening. Luke 14, that's where we see the Pharisees. And so it seems Jesus is telling everyone to use unrighteous wealth to make friends on earth so as to be welcomed into heaven or hell. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> well, I think that um, I think that part of what's happening again is you've got this contrast here again. So, you know, what happens is in a parable... There's a contrast. So what we have to ask of that, and I think this is where our interpretative means comes in, you know, what is it that is actually happening here? And again, one of the things that Jesus is speaking to is speaking to the Pharisees, which again, you cannot remove the Pharisees from the yeah, picture. Right. They're, right. they're a really big part of this because... We haven't seen them in the verse yet, but they're there. Yeah, they're there and they're, and they're visible and they are hearing what's happening, yeah. right? And so they're, they know that Jesus is referring to them. And yeah. so, so I think that's the other piece that's just a part of this. And it's, it's a little bit more um, subtle, but yeah. at the same time, it's there as well. Yeah, so we'll we'll continue on. So, and that's where um, it's understanding that what Jesus is saying is to use what you have for His glory, right? For right, His kingdom, right. use use the resources that He has provided for to be generous, to be a kind and a good steward of the resources that God has given you, and in doing so, you'll be able to make friends that you'll be able to see in eternity. Right. right. Like it's right. it's this. So your friends will welcome you in in the internal uh, eternal dwelling is going basically so that you'll see them on the other side of eternity. Right. Right. right? Like so yeah. as you make friends, as you're generous, as you're kind, as you're a good steward with the resources, like using that to make friendships that have an eternal impact. Yeah. And I feel like that's what that verse is saying, which which, again, I, I agree. You can't remove the, the Pharisees from this. And, again, this week we will be specifically focused on the Pharisees because yeah, this yeah. is when the Pharisees speak up and they're upset and they don't like it because they are the elite power. They're the ones that control the money. They're the ones that control kind of the rule and the laws. And Jesus is, is using that in, in another way of going, you miss what the kingdom of God is like. It's not wealth for self and for gain and for selfishness. Right. It's using the resources that God has for you to be generous so that you can have an eternal impact. Yeah. I think that that's and, so important. And so, and also remember that um, 
there's a certain um, focus the parable is going to take. Like yeah. I think, you know, that it's it's not necessarily, this is not Jesus's full disclosure, full, you know, um, view of money. I mean, this is this is going at a certain angle and it's actually going after a certain group. And, yeah. and again, I think that part of the bottom line here is that, um, God has given us resources for a reason, yeah, right. and um, and we need to be mindful of those who are under resourced, so that we can actually you know we can actually help them out too. And yeah. so so if we have stuff like if we have a money in the bank, I mean part of it isn't it's not so we can just hoard that and yeah. say oh great you know I I'm saving for my retirement all that right, kind of stuff. Right, right. I and it's not that that's bad, but I think you know the reality is that that God has given us resources so that we can actually be a community. Yeah. We can help each other. We can walk with each other. We can, I, w I was thinking about that with the care team, right? Yeah, so, right. you know, the care team is just such a great thing here at CLC. And, um, you know, Dwayne is still heading that up, yeah. which is really cool. I'm gl so glad he's doing that. Um, but the reality is that they're, you know, they're able to look at, um, you know, they, they meet with people, talk with people, see what people need, um, help meet those needs. I mean, it's just such a great ministry. So yeah. really wonderful. God, I feel like I just remembered this. In verse 8, um, it says, uh, the manager is talking. It's, um, but again, it's Jesus' parable. Uh, the master commends the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. It says, the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation and the sons of light. Yeah. And one yeah. of the, the, I guess it's a commentary, it's actually um, gotquestions.org. Um, I think it's a Baptist-based, so I can't always say that I agree with everything theologically with them, but so far I have a hard time pointing one of those things where I disagree with them. But gotquestions.org, I just typed in this question, and that's the first one that popped up of going, what does that mean? And one of the things that they were saying is that, you know, un, unsaved people. So uh, the wording that they use there is that uh, sons of this world, those that don't uh -huh. have a relationship with Christ, tend to be a little bit more shrewd in their business dealings and the way that they kind of make money than the way that believers tend to do yeah. and be. And so they, they, and it's true. Like, I think that you see that a lot of times in the business world. Like, yeah. if yeah. you are a believer, you might not agree to do something that maybe somebody else that's not a believer would do because right. it gets them what they're looking for. They're a little bit more shrewd. They're a little bit right. more right. focused on that those riches than what a believer is. And so that was kind of one of the points that they had made there as well. That's so good. any thoughts to that? Well, I or? think that, I think that, you know, again, it comes down to the fact that God has given us resources for a reason. And yeah. so if we're only, if we're sort of hoarding our resources instead of looking at how we can help others, I, I think, you know, God gives us um, the stewardship of money mm -hmm. so that we can use it to, um, to help others and to be with others and to build community together. So I think that's just a, a really important point on that. Yeah. So then continuing on, we'll, we'll jump to, to verse 10. So we just did eight and nine, spent a good amount of time. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And the one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. This is, I feel like for me, one of the verses that I feel like I've heard a lot as I grew up. This is something that I, honestly, as I've thought about and I've, you know, as this verse comes to mind, I want to be faithful in the little things so that I can be responsible for greater things if that comes to be. So I feel like in this, is there more that you wanted to talk about or any thoughts that you wanted to add to in that? Because this is more than just kind of a cookie, uh, you know, a fortune cookie scripture verse, right? Like, oh, it's good. You, you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much, faithful in 
nothing or faithful in the small, you'll be faithful, unfaithful in the others. Yeah. So I think it, I think it comes down to where our allegiance falls. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that again, the challenge here is that Jesus is saying, you know, don't, don't bank everything, <laughs> bank, don't bank everything on what you have in the bank. Um, the reality is that um, that there's more to life than that, and that you know the, the resources that God has given us are there so that we can use it to help other people. And and how do we enter into that? And so I think that's a really important part of that. And you know what, um, actually, and I I'm sort of out of um, I think it's in verse eight, um, at least that's what my notes were saying that um, you know Jesus is building a contrast here. Because what he's trying to do is help us see what it is that we're actually basing our lives on. And, and so, again, if we're basing our lives on, you know, our bank account or if we're basing our, our lives on our relationship with Jesus Christ, those are two really different things. Mm. So continuing on verse 11 is kind of a continued thought of verse 10. It says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth who will entrust you with true riches? Yeah. And I'm curious, in, in that study, and I didn't look up true riches, what are those riches referring to? Like, is that is that explored in commentaries? Or is it, at this point, it's just a speculation? Like, again, this is a parable. It's a made-up story that Jesus right. is making up in the right. spot. So I'm kind of curious, what is he implying in that riches? Like, true riches meaning people? Like, meaning... Like what what the kingdom values, not what the world values. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of curious yeah. about I would say that that's what it is, Ben. I think that um, that what he's doing is, again, uh, a parable is going to create a contrast. And so when Jesus says, you know, what are the true riches? I think part of what he's talking about is that, you know, there are other things that are really important in life. Yeah. And so, I'm, you know, I was reading and, you know, some of the sayings about money are easy come, easy go. You know, people use a lot of different sort of things. And um, and actually, there was an interesting um, sort of uh, uh, another kind of parable that I had talked about. We don't need to talk about that today. But just, um, you know, just this whole thing where there's a beggar that's brought before the, the visor. And, the you know, he's he stole something because he was hungry. Uh, and so they're making yeah. a big deal out of that. I thought that was that. a great and, illustration too, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, so I think again that, um, you know, what's happening here is that um, that God is calling us to something. God is calling us to something. Uh, even, even the master sort of refers to the steward as dishonest or even the word unrighteous. Yeah. So that's an interesting piece also. And so, you know, there's, again, just a lot of um, comparison going on here. And I think that Jesus is really trying to say pretty much that the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm -hmm. And so be aware of that. Like, don't don't act like it's not happening. It is happening. And God is actually bringing it about. And so, you know, um, maybe just to talk a little bit about that, the, um, you know, we, we have um, sort of this summary of different um, patriarchs and different people that were sort of tricksters in the Old Testament. And, you know, Jacob was a big one. I mean, he was, you know, he deceived his father, cheated his brother, yeah. ran off with most of the flock, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's also this sense of, um, you know, realizing that God, um, God is calling us to be truthful, to be faithful, yeah. um, to, um, to be able to be honest about where we're at, what's going on with us. I mean, I think that's the contrast there again. Yeah. So just two more verses to go through and 
and uh, I really am hoping that everything is kind of coming through. I'm having a ton of issues on my side. I don't think that's interrupting the stream. Um, so I apologize for that. I feel like I'm a little bit discombobulated as well. Um, so 12 we just read, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? And then, or uh, we didn't read that, and I just read that for the first time. And then 13 says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Yeah. So here, yeah. again, I think it's important to distinguish, especially because as we get to 14, Jesus then addresses the Pharisees, right? Yeah. Or I should say maybe the Pharisees address Jesus, right, right? right? Like So Jesus is teaching his disciples the importance of using their resources, using the unrighteous like money of the world to use it as a resource. And then... He's coming back to kind of saying, you can only serve one master, yeah, right? Like yeah. if you serve wealth, then that is the master you serve. Like if you, if your life is all about gain and all about that and pursuing that, then you, you've left no room for God, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so you can only serve one master. Yeah. Um, and think of the, you know, the famous words of Abraham Lincoln, a house divided against itself cannot stand, yeah, right? Stand. Jesus yeah. said that. Yeah. Um, but Abraham Lincoln quoted it like right. in, 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 uh, um, uh, in uh, t where he was speaking. So I just feel like that's that's kind of what Jesus is talking about. He's, he's ultimately getting to the very heart of who you serve. Yeah, that's right. right. That's, like right. that's that's what we're talking and, about. And, we'll and I would say too that, um, you know, so one of the things that N.T. Wright points out, which I think, and I, I've always appreciated N.T. Wright. I just yeah. find him um, pretty fascinating. Um, but he said that usually in a story like this, you know, what would happen is you're going to see that the master is God, the steward is Israel, um, Israel's supposed to be God's property manager, um, the light of God's world, responsible to God, set over God's possessions. Um, but Israel, as we've seen in much of the gospel, has not been faithful in that. They mm -hmm. have actually been unfaithful in that. And so I think that, um, you know, Jesus is sort of setting it up and saying there's actually a, a kind of um, major crisis that's coming. And it's a time to actually throw caution to the wind. Um, it's a time to forget the extra bits and pieces of the law that the Pharisees have been so focused on. I mean, the Pharisees, um, they created so many Sabbath rules. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. In fact, I remember one time, and I think we talked about this before, but you know, you could walk up to somebody's um, house if you stuck your hand in the window that was breaking the Sabbath. <laughs> if they stuck their hand outside the window and pulled in something, that wasn't breaking the Sabbath. So, you know, it was just so interesting. And so I think, again, um, instead of hoarding our money and our land, Jesus' was, advice was to use it, actually, to make friends, to use it in a way that, um, you know, there's a crisis coming, um, but be aware of that. And so, so enter into that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like that's probably all the, um, that's all the text that we have. Was there anything more in the application that you wanted to share that you didn't get to or anything that you wanted to share in that? We'll probably sure. wrap up in the next five to 10 minutes. I mean, okay. unless you've got more, but yeah, no, I think um, that's good. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I saw in this parable was that, um, you know, as we continue to um, pass through turbulent times and that there are times when as church, as a church, we have to actually stop and um, reassess what matters and what doesn't. And so, hmm. you know, one of the things I was reading was that, um, you know, the, many of the mainline churches, which again, you know, um, you know, a mainline church has a denomination, all that kind of stuff that they're involved in. 
um, but they have been in decline for you know for a long time yeah. now. And so, one of the things that happens is, or one of the questions comes is, you know, what's the traditional church to do when they're, you know, faced with their own sort of limited lifespan? And I think, you know, that's an interesting thing for us yeah. to think about too. You know, like what does it mean then to be, you know. Uh, to be the people of God in the place that God has planted us. You know, how, how does that work? And, um, you know, we've, you think about people that have sort of won the lottery, right? And, you know, but but then again, they all of a sudden spend it all and right. they are bankrupt again. And, you know, and, and so I think that part of what Jesus is saying here is that that money is not the answer to all my problems. Right. It is not the answer to all my problems. And so a lot of the stories that we hear in the newspaper, all these different things happening is that, you know, uh, people are, you know, get money, they lose it, they find it again, they lose it again, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's all these scandals about people, you know, that are either embezzling it, losing it, getting it again, and all that kind of stuff. So I think, again, that part of what Jesus is saying here is that the lines between legitimate business and sharp practice are notoriously blurred. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think maybe the good summary is that money is not a possession, mm -hmm. but rather it's a trust and mm -hmm. that God does give it to us so that we can um, so that we can share it and we can, you know, yeah. we can resource other people and encourage yeah. them as well. That's good. I think that it. I think that for me, it's good to hear the reminder of that, right? Because it's so easily I can get focused on, okay, this or savings. Or I've got to do this and that and this. And, yeah. Um, like I can get so preoccupied, but recognizing that money's a tool, right? Yeah. Like it's a trust. Yeah. God has entrusted me with this for the sake of his kingdom. Exactly. For, for my well-being, for my family's well-being, but also for the sake of his kingdom. Yeah, and I think that right. that's important to Yeah, kind of that's, right. that's right. That's um, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing any comments, So, or actually just saw one on Facebook. Awesome. Hopefully that just happened. I will say that I apologize if anybody's live and you've tried to ask any questions and it didn't come through, just having some technical difficulties today. But is there anything else in closing that you wanted to share? If not, we will go ahead and kind of wrap this up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so I think, um, I think that what this passage calls us to is it calls us to a, a, an evaluation of what do we focus or build our lives upon? I think yeah. that that's sort of the bottom line. And so, again, um, you know, it's it's a fundamental choice of allegiance. Um, yeah. How are we how are we being who God's called us to be and uh, doing that? There's a kind of accountability in that yeah. um, because, again, one of the things we know is that at some point God will um, evaluate the use of our resources, yeah. and I think that's that's okay, and we get that as well. And so. Um, I had a whole bunch of different verses that, you know, talk about stealing and all that mm. kind of thing. But I think, you know, the reality is that, um, you know, that God is is active and working and and wants us to be wise in the way that we use what God's given us, yeah. those resources that God's given us. So I think I think that's important for us to realize and, yeah. and be a part of. So if you are interested in kind of hearing um, the continuation of this on Sunday, we'll be wrapping up our our uh, parable series with that this coming Sunday. So we encourage you to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. As always, if you do have questions or if there's anything that you would like us to kind of get to next week, you can email us overtime at clcfamily.church. You can text us 610-869-2140. We'd love to hear from you. And then you can also jump online 
um, when we are live and, and ask your questions there. So that's pretty much all that we've got for today. We want to say thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged, and we hope to see you on Sunday. And next week, if you've got any questions about anything, just feel free to let us know. So thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah. God bless. Thank you.